Thank you for joining the Leader Generation Podcast, where B2B and B2B2C marketers can explore new technology and strategies to effectively fill their sales pipeline and contribute to company growth. Our host today is Tessa Bird, the Chief Technology Officer at Tenlo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation, brought to you by Tenlo Radio. Our guest today is Paul Reitzer. Paul is the CEO and founder of Marketing AI Institute and PR 2020. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to jump into this conversation today. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. So AI is a very large space, and we only have 25-ish minutes to talk about the impact it potentially can have on marketing in 2022. So right at the top of this conversation, I'm going to let everyone know that if you are interested in the content that you hear today, and especially if you're looking for a way to accelerate generating leads, to accelerate your pipeline, definitely check out MyCon, which is a Marketing AI Institute conference, and it is August 3rd through the 5th in Cleveland, Ohio. And to learn more about that and to register, you can visit marketingaiinstitute.com. So that's Marketing AI Institute, all spelled exactly as they should be, no fancy spelling, but all one word, no spaces, no dashes. Google it, register. I went last year, absolutely fantastic and worth it. And Paul also just shared that there are free trainings that you can register for to get more people in your organization aware and educated and engaged with the benefits of AI. So definitely check that out. Paul, do you have anything to add in regards to the conference or the trainings before we start? Going to be in person in Cleveland. That's the, the hope and the plan. Hopefully no more virtual. There might be a virtual component to it, but back together again in August of 2022. That is the, the grand plan. Yes. I really hope that that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Yes. So, Paul, before we talk about what are some of the tangible things we can do with AI in 2022, give us a little bit about your background and what you're most excited about this year. Yes, I'm actually an agency, well, former owner of an agency. I sold my agency last fall. So I started PR 2020 in 2005, became HubSpot's first partner in 2007, and then sort of rode that marketing automation, CRM movement, inbound marketing, digital marketing, whatever you want to call it, for the 15 years or whatever. So that was my background, was an agency. And, and in 2011, right after I finished my first book, The Marketing Agency Blueprint, I started trying to understand what artificial intelligence was. It was just a curiosity, really. I'd seen IBM Watson win on Jeopardy, and I wondered what that was and if it could eventually be applied to marketing in any way, this kind of idea of making predictions and creating answers. And so I set out on this journey to try and discover, could I use this thing, artificial intelligence, whatever it was, again, not really comprehending it, to help me build better marketing strategies, to allocate budgets more intelligently. And so it took years to try and comprehend what exactly AI was because the only people writing or talking about it at that time were AI engineers and data scientists who, no offense, suck at explaining artificial intelligence to the average person like me. 
So I just basically tried to understand at a very simple level, what is it? And so I think the key for me was just re this realization that it's just smarter technology. It, it's just the ability for the software we use every day as marketers, whether it's email or CRM or automation or social media or advertising, to have that software get better and better and help you make smarter decisions, make better predictions about outcomes or human behavior. And so if you just start thinking about it, it's like, well, I already buy software. I already buy all this technology. If that tech on its own could continuously improve and make me better, why wouldn't I want to do that? And so really, I mean, we can get into kind of what is it and how does it actually work, but at its core, AI just makes predictions about outcomes, about behaviors, and it helps you understand and generate language and do these other things that as marketers we're doing all the time. There's just better tech out there that you could be using. So for what I'm, what I'm most excited about in 2022, besides being back in person for a conference, is having more marketers realize that AI isn't abstract or overwhelming. It's actually quite simple to understand and it's quite simple to apply it to what you do every day. And so for me to see more marketers understanding and adopting AI is what I'm really intent on helping move forward in the industry this year. That sounds like a simple goal, but I also know from talking to some of our clients, it is quite ambitious because even though I feel like you did a fantastic job at the conference last year at making AI very accessible. There are still a lot of stakeholders and companies that you need to bring along um, to start actually using and executing it. Have you seen any companies who just do a fantastic job or what would you say to a marketer who knows the value, who wants to start executing it? What are some tips you could give them to start getting that buy-in um, from other people in their organization, on their team, or at their executive level? Well, from an education standpoint, you had mentioned at the beginning, we, we just launched this Intro to AI for Marketers, and it's a free online class. The, our position is you'll understand AI in 30 minutes or less, and then do whatever you want with it. Either take no steps or immerse yourself, go to a conference, do everything else. But our whole plan is we have to get more people to just understand the basics. And to realize it's not sci-fi, this isn't something in five years from now you'll be able to use. You could go find a tool right now for 19 bucks a month to write your tweets for you. Something as simple as that, or do lead scoring, which I know we'll talk about. You can find tools to help you do the things you're already doing every day. And so that's what we always advise people when you're trying to get started. Just make a list of the activities, the tactics you're doing every day as a marketer or a salesperson, a business leader, and then... Go through and say, okay, how valuable would it be to me to intelligently automate this task? And it's AI doesn't go from zero to full autonomy. That's not what we're trying to do. You're not replacing humans. You're just trying to take a process that maybe has a few steps to it, and you're trying to automate pieces of that thing. You're not automating entire jobs away. So an example would be like if I'm going to send an email newsletter. I have to segment the list. I have to pick the time it's going to send. I have to write the subject line. I have to write the copy. I've picked a CTA. I have to do all of these different components. How many of those steps could AI do for me or maybe even do better than me? And subject line writing is a really good example. There's tech that will write subject lines for you that will outperform human written subject lines every time. And it's because it learns from every other email you've ever sent. And so it takes all this data in 
and it actually predicts what subject line will work best. It can do the same thing with body copy and emails and what CTA to use, what image to use and ads and all these things. So if you just make a list of all the things you do and then say, okay, these are the five that I spend 80% of my time on. Let me go see if there's AI tools to help me with any of these five things. That's your starting point. And you might find five different texts that have been built to do those exact things. And you might be able to get a free demo of them or get a one month trial or whatever it is and just experiment with it. You can't understand this stuff until you actually just run an experiment or sit in on a demo. I think that guidance is perfect because it covers, you already offer marketers resources to start with that education. So if they go to marketingaiinstitute.com, they can leverage those resources to get buy-in and awareness of what AI actually is. And then experimentation since a lot of things are web-based and cloud-based and cloud accessible, you don't have to over-invest to do something simple very quickly to prove out that value. So those are two fantastic first steps. So what we're gonna do on the rest of the call is help all of the listeners start to build out that list using the sales pipeline as our guide. So we're going to give you some applied AI examples for prospecting, lead qualification, demo and engagement, and closing. And Paul is going to share with us, where can you get started? Where can AI start to add value to your marketing and sales practices? So let's get started. Prospecting. How can AI help marketers increase visibility and find the right customers? So... I mean, just, and we didn't actually prep for these. I didn't like create a list of all these things. Oh yeah. But off the top of my head, I'll tell you one I use all the time, which is LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So Sales Navigator, when you're prospecting for contacts, so I've actually been doing it trying to find podcast guests. So this isn't, I'm not using it for lead gen and qualification purposes at the moment. But what LinkedIn Sales Navigator does is it uses AI algorithms to look at the contacts you've already identified as being good fits. And it'll recommend people like them to you. So that is an example of passively using artificial intelligence to find better prospects for your business. So that's the first one that jumps into mind. Another would be, it's very common to use lookalike lists. So if you're running ads, like let's say you create a piece of content, an asset that people can download to generate leads with, rather than just going to the couple thousand people, maybe in your database, you might be able to take a list, upload it to Facebook or LinkedIn or Google or wherever and have a lookalike list built of other people like the people that you know are already good qualified leads. So again, another very passive example where you don't really think about using AI, you're just trying to find contacts that look like the people you had, but the way they're doing that is making predictions. So at the core of AI is something called machine learning and machine learning, what it does is it takes data in and predicts outcomes and behaviors. So in this case, it's trying to find patterns, looks at all the different points within these contacts, and then tries to predict that these people look like these people. So that action of making a prediction and a recommendation are fundamental to how machine learning works and what it enables for marketers. I feel like light bulbs started going off in a bunch of people's heads. They probably <laughs> didn't realize that they were already using AI. <laughs> Quite a few people have heard of LinkedIn Sales Navigator and have probably done the lookalike tactic. And 
So right now that gives them a little jump start on starting to communicate that value and call out, hey, this is a great example of how AI has helped us improve performance and start to take that next step. Yeah, one of the things we'll tell people, a lot of times I'll start my talks with this, you've used AI dozens of times today and didn't know it. And to, to, to make it more approachable to people, it's like, okay, if you listen to Spotify and listen to a song it recommended, if you watched a show on Netflix that was recommended to you, if you used a route Google Maps recommended, if you talk to Surrey or Alexa, none of these things exist without artificial intelligence. And in many cases, it's just personalizing experiences and making recommendations to you. That's not possible at the scale these companies do this stuff without AI embedded within the algorithms. Yes. And I love that it's getting better and better. My Netflix yeah. recommendations are finally starting to improve. Netflix yeah. invests a ton of money and talent in that. I mean, these brands like Stitch Fix, we wrote about Sticks, Stitch Fix in our upcoming book. They hire astrophysicists away from NASA to recommend clothing. They build recommender algorithms for personal style. There are brands that are racing forward with applying AI to things you wouldn't even think about. That's amazing. And also explains why I'm struggling to cancel my Stitch Fix subscription. <laughs> I'm always like, this is the last box. But then I get the next one and it's perfect. It gets better every time. That's yes. the Gosh darn it. So let's move on to qualification. And you mentioned scoring earlier. And I think yeah. this is an awesome place for AI to play a role instead of people arbitrarily trying to determine how much value they should be placing on activities. Tell us a little bit about how AI can help with qualification and scoring of leads. Lead scoring is one of the early efforts that a lot of, especially MarTech companies made to apply AI. The thing you have to think about is AI is actually relatively new in its application to marketing and sales. When I first started researching it in 2011, no one in marketing was talking about it. Maybe Salesforce was starting to dabble in this stuff and starting to make some early acquisitions. But generally speaking, most of the major MarTech companies weren't doing anything. And in, in part, it's because much of what's possible today with language and vision technology and predictions that are actually really good emerged in the last three to five years with some leaps forward in the AI technology. So the reality is a lot of lead scoring sucked. A lot of the early efforts to do it weren't very good. That being said, it's an ideal use case for AI because what it's doing again, like let's say you have 10,000 leads that you can go through and say, these are really good quality leads that we've had over the last 24 months. Now for a human to look at those 10,000 leads and say, well, what, what are the commonalities? What are the things that make them good? We're going to do the obvious things. We're going to look at first their intent signals. Did they click on links? Did they visit certain pages? Did they take actions with emails that were sent? It's like, okay, that's pretty obvious. And you can set some rules around that stuff. Then you might look at geography. You might look at size of company, number of employees, revenue, funding. Like you're just going to go through these obvious checklists of 15 to 20 things. And the current approach, you just build some rules, like a rules-based lead scoring model that gives X points per you know, action or per signal. Well, when you start trying to scale that up though, and you have thousands of web pages, or you're sending hundreds of thousands of emails, or you're doing all these things, it's impossible for the human mind to actually assess this stuff in real time and at scale. And so that's where AI comes in is this ability to constantly monitor thousands of potential signals and to be able to figure out what does all this mean? It finds patterns. So pattern recognition, again, is like a core thing 
that machine learning makes possible. And pattern recognition at that large scale is what it's trying to do with lead scoring. So like a company that comes to mind would be Mad Kudu. It's not a cheap technology, but like that's a tech that a lot of people I know use that really like their lead scoring. The thing I will tell you though, is if you're a small business or if, even if you're a big company that doesn't get a ton of leads, AI powered lead scoring probably isn't going to be much help. You almost need to have, I'm just going to pick somewhat arbitrary number, but let's say 2000 leads per month now that you can actually, because you have to train the AI in a lot of cases. You have to say, okay, we had these 2000 leads, these seven ended up buying from us and they were really good. The AI needs to know the end game, the outcome. It needs to know what a good lead looks like. So you have to kind of teach it that. But then over time, it can now scale up its learning and it can keep evolving and getting better. So lead scoring with AI, likely you need a higher volume of leads and conversions for it to be useful. Otherwise, you can probably get away from just your intent-based rules. Don't overthink it, but you need a lead scoring model of some sort, no matter what kind of company you are. But in some cases, a human rule-based model might still be the most viable solution. AI isn't always the answer. I'm glad you mentioned that because even if you were a large company and someone listening is like, well, yeah, I mean, we get 2000 contact us forms that, mm -hmm. so this works for us. You still need to start with a person laying out that strategy and process and identifying what those activities are and, and qualifying who is a good lead in order to train the algorithm accurately. Because if you don't identify the right features, then you also aren't going to and to have a strategy and a process and the data in place, then you just have a tool. <laughs> right. Right. And, it, and the whole thing with AI is a lot of times it can discover unknowns, things or markets or segments you wouldn't have thought to go after, which is where it really comes into play in advertising, where you can set a budget and you can develop the creative. But when you let the AI actually run and potentially discover new markets, it may actually find buying signals that you didn't know existed. You know, I think a lot about this with our conference. That's probably the most scientific approach I've ever taken to anything in marketing is how to sell conference tickets because we're thinking about all of these different things that could be signals that someone would likely purchase a ticket. And so there, there are definitely things that come across where I would see people buy say, why did they buy? I, I would have never guessed that they would have been a buyer of a conference ticket. And so as marketers, I think one of the first things we always want to do is accept we kind of suck at strategy. It's really hard. I've been doing this for 22 years and I'm the first to admit there's things I think are home runs, like no, no doubt this is going to work. And then it falls flat and you're like, well, what was that all about? And then there's things where I'll try something and be like, ah, it might work. And all of a sudden that was the thing. And so with AI, you, you have that additional layer of machine intelligence helping us <laughs> humans try and solve what is very complex. The more data you have, the harder it gets to figure out the right strategies. Yeah, I love that because it also validates the point you said earlier, just get started and try and be open to those learnings because that ultimately is what's going to drive the most success. I feel like a lot of people kind of get caught up in that overthinking. <laughs> if you don't start or thinking you have to have all the answers, like it's yeah. not what marketing is. It's trial and error and it's more so now than ever. So let's move into the next stage of the sales funnel. 
This is demo engagement. How can AI help marketers create content, create sales material that really resonates and moves those prospects through the funnel? So one thing that kind of immediately came to mind when I saw this one is conversational AI. Like that's a term you'll hear quite a bit, especially in the enterprise world. A lot of the big companies, specifically in retail and e-commerce that are making major investments in AI are, are putting it into conversational AI. And by that, what I largely mean is not a chat bot that, you know, you go to a site and you just assume like, oh, okay, this chat bot's stupid. Like I'm gonna ask the question, it's not gonna know the answer. And I'm gonna say, let me talk to a human. These are conversational agents that actually understand questions. It's kind of like when you go to Google and you search for something and you, it's like a broken sentence or part of a question, but Google somehow actually understands the intent of your question and delivers a result to you. That's like, yeah, that's, that's what I needed. Think of that applied to conversational agents on websites where I can, it knows the pages I've looked at. It can look at the CRM record and know if I've been there before or taken previous actions if I'm a customer or not a customer. And it can actually adapt its conversation with me based on all that information. And then as I'm asking questions, it's learning from that. And so not only does the machine learn, but us marketers and salespeople can learn from those interactions to better develop content and communications based on what are people actually asking for? Because, you know, if you think about it, what do we know about someone that comes to our site? It's maybe with the keywords they searched for, maybe the referral place they came from. But if we don't have a record of them previously, we don't know a heck of a lot about them. So if you develop a knowledge assistant where people can ask questions or tell you what they're looking for, Think of all the information you can start learning about that visitor who may still be anonymous at that point, but you start to get a rich data set. Now, again, if you have a site that's getting 100,000 visitors a month, you may have 1,000 engagements, conversations. No human is going to read through 1,000 conversations and extract meaning, but AI can read through almost an infinite amount of conversations and then use language processing to extract what are they actually asking for? When we take the whole data set. What are the commonalities here? Like, what are the things that we can apply to create something of value? So if 75 people asked relatively the same question last month, well, there's, hey, demand team, can you create a download for this? Because this is a question we're getting daily now. And now the conversational agent, instead of not having an answer can say, yeah, here, download this. This answers your question. So that's where you start to inform, you know, the demand generation side with the conversational side and you know, the qualification. Do you have an example of another tool that you think is doing that really well today? Phrase.io, it's F-R-A-S-E.io is one we've used. That's a knowledge assistant. So that's what it does. The, the beauty of that one, one, it's affordable. Two, it learns from your existing site. There's no training needed on day one. So all you do is you plug it in and it actually then consumes everything on your site as it's knowledge base to start. Now you can monitor the responses it gives and you can tell it that wasn't a good response, do this next time, but it continually learns from that human training and input as well. So that's a really cool one. Drift is kind of a leader in the conversational AI space when you're looking for the more robust solution. Live person would be another enterprise grade conversational AI solution. But Drift is the one I'm most familiar with and they're making major investments in AI. 
That is awesome. I'm taking notes so that we mm -hmm. can go with our clients and look at some of these tools <laughs> as well. So our last phase of the funnel is closing. Can you mm -hmm. share some examples of how AI can help shorten the sales cycle? So again, this is a, a lot of companies are making investments in this space, and that is language understanding and generation applied to sales emails. So think of it as when you're going and writing an email that you almost have like many of us use Grammarly or a similar tool that assesses our writing as we're writing. And in some cases can even score the quality of your writing. Think about that kind of technology applied to your sales emails, where it's actually recommending ways to improve the email as you're writing it, potentially even scoring the email, or in some cases, writing it for you. So if you think about how Google Smart Compose finishes your sentences for you, that's made possible by AI. That same technology is starting to be integrated into sales technology, where it'll actually start finishing your sentences or writing paragraphs for you in real time, but that can also then be applied to developing templates. So one is the communications and like the cadence and, and the actual language you use. Two is being able to monitor opportunities to flag for you when action should be taken. So if you think about it, you're just going every day and checking your pipeline and setting your reminders to follow up in three days, whatever that is, you may have an AI, for example, that learns that, that Jane opens her emails on Saturdays at 9 p.m., like is the most common time Jane opens emails. So rather than sending your email Friday at 9 a.m., it might tell you, hold on, don't send this email. She's opened her last three emails on Saturdays, actually. So let's schedule this for a Saturday something a human is never going to do at scale. You're not going to drill at an individual level and personalize those communications like that. That's where AI in the next three to five years will be omnipresent. It'll just be integrated into all salespeople's workflows and kind of think of it as an assistant there for you to optimize your, your opportunities for conversion. I love that example. And I feel like this conversation has really had it all. We have successfully, or really you, I didn't do anything, but made AI more accessible. I think a lot of listeners have realized AI is already in their life. And so it really is about using the resources to make it more accessible and easier to understand in your organization so that you can start to realize some of the value of prediction, of learning, of scale that really only AI can do, and that just isn't possible through people power. Paul, if people want to get a hold of you and reach you, where can they find you? I'm, I'm pretty good on, on LinkedIn. I mean, Twitter, I'm, I'm pretty active. It's just at Paul Ratzer, but LinkedIn for sure. Same, just you know, search my name on LinkedIn. The AI will find me for you. Uh, but I'm pretty good on responding to messages and connection requests there. And then my email is just paul at marketingaiinstitute.com. Awesome. Well, thank I'm you so really much. I'm not really active on TikTok. No, you're not active on TikTok? <laughs> oh, that's a Conversation for another time, but. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely not a fan of TikTok's AI because I am very easily sucked in and. <laughs> It has, it, it has me pegged. I really love dancing videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our guest. You want to hear more episodes from Tenlo Radio and Leader Generation, visit tenlo.com and click on podcast. We'll have this episode as well as the list of tools 
that Paul has shared and a link to marketingaiinstitute.com and the spelling of his last name, which doesn't sound like Ratzer, will all be there. So check it out. And we will see you again in a couple of weeks. We have recently changed the show to releasing every two weeks. So you will be hearing from myself or Cheryl Beam, who is our head of content and copywriting. Want to dig even deeper into lead generation, content marketing, and MarTech solutions for B2B industries like manufacturing, food and beverage, building and construction, and more? Go to tenlo.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter. That's T-E-N-L-O.com. You've been listening to another episode of Leader Generation by Tenlo Radio. Be sure to subscribe on tenloradio.com.